let's just get started. So what do you think we should talk about? Um, okay, so it's all about our life well designed, right? To be honest, I, th- I just came up with that name because I was just like, oh, I need something really, really, really broad because we're going to talk about literally anything and everything. Because yeah. that was the point, right? It's like, like whenever, when I met you the other the other week, it was just like, I just had a problem and I needed to talk about it. Mm. And then that led on to a three hour conversation that just turned out to be really interesting from so many different ways. Yeah. <clears throat> and there are so many different topics as well. Exactly. And that's just kind of what I wanted to, to, to do where it's just... We just talk about whatever and then interesting things come up. I think when it gets down the line and then there's like established guests or something or someone that has something specific. Like with you, it's kind of different as well because Mm. I don't know, we've talked so much about what you do and stuff like that. And I was thinking there are lots of things I thought about actually where it could kind of lead to what you do in kind of like an interesting way uh, to kind of cover it for whoever might be listening or wanting to learn about you. So it's like beneficial not only for like us talking and figure out what we want but then people learning yeah. about what you do as well so okay i suppose we could kind of if we start off with why are we doing this to begin with mm-hmm. right so like when i when i think about it or some one of the reasons why we're both here today it's we've got one thing in common mm-hmm. i'd say we've got numerous things in common but i'd say there's one thing in particular that we've got in common that ultimately led to this, if Mm. that makes sense. And from the way I see it is the idea that we both want to do something more with our life and we're just trying to figure it out. I actually thought about this on the way up here because I was like, you know how I don't like being on camera? I've never Mm. really been into it or whatever. I've always kind of been one behind the lens, kind of doing the creative thing or whatever. But I just kind of realized, I was just like, my goals do not compute with that kind of thing, you know what I mean? It's like, if I wanna be the person I wanna be and if I wanna do the things I wanna do, I have to be not only comfortable with that, I have to be really good at it, mm. you know what I mean? And it's like, I feel like now if you don't do, if, if something you do isn't on the internet, like it didn't happen. Yeah. Like anytime I talk to a company now and they're like, wanna know my experience, what I've been up to, whatever, there has to be some kind of record of it or evidence of it like on my website or my LinkedIn or something like that. I can't just be like, I did this thing. You know what I mean? No one just takes your word for it. Like everything has to be online. And I think because everyone you kind of interact with, like so much of your social life is online now. It's like, that's where people kind of get a sense of who you are and like Mm. form bonds with you and stuff like that. So I was just like, you need to get, I need, I need to get online. Exactly. It's just like, I have to put a face behind all the stuff I'm doing because it's so impersonal otherwise. And it's like everyone else who does that has an edge over me. Yeah. Don't you think it's it's still, it's very similar to before the internet, the loudest person in the room was the one that people would listen Mm -hmm. to, even if they weren't necessarily the most competent one, if that makes sense. Like if they were loud and they spoke up and they kept telling people, I've done this, I've done that, whatever they would get the promotion, they would seem like the competent person. I think it's the same thing right now, just on an online format. Whereas if you mm-hmm. don't have your stuff online, you could be absolutely ridiculously good, but no one is gonna believe you. And if you're not constantly talking about it, you have no present presence, someone that might not necessarily be as good as you will mm-hmm. still be seen as incredible. Do you, do you know that it's like that That's kind exactly of- That's exactly it. It's- Part of it is that's why I actually do have like loads of friends who are absurdly talented, but Mm. they haven't really got anywhere in their career because they're just kind of behind closed doors. Mm -hmm. So you get someone who's mediocre, but consistently good at marketing themselves online and they have really great careers and they're growing really rapidly because that's what it takes now. Like, I don't think it's only necessarily the loudest 
voice in the room it's also the best connected and also yeah. the most consistent voice it's like who you know and how consistently you put yourself out there as well these yeah. are huge factors to doing wanting to do almost anything yeah now and that's another reason i wanted to do this because it's like well network building audience building and also consistency it will keep me yeah. it's like you keep a schedule you consistently put yourself out there right you're constantly doing that so yeah no that's agreed agreed 100 so with just in any space you know it could be in for careers or it could be for anything that you want to be known for mm. just putting yourself out there is step number one and then i think one of the it's sometimes okay you being in front of the camera and not you but i mean in general it's like it's tough because as soon as you put yourself there you allow people to judge you basically it's like welcome mm. <laughs> judge me freely i'm here mm. um no but yeah and i see that it's equally it's just same exactly same as you i see that on my social media the people that are constantly speaking about something i suddenly even if they don't necessarily know the subject very well i just see them as experts straight away or not experts but you know what i mean like i associate them with a topic for example mm. so yeah so it's good get online yeah it's good it's a bit of a pain but i feel like you just have to do it yeah you just have to do it do you wish you started sooner yeah always i mean i've procrastinated on this for the longest time i think i've done like you've known me for a couple of years i mean on and i'd off, say like say. properly now or at least more in would it so one recently. year i think it's been over a year actually has it I are you so. sure because i've sure. been working on elara for a year so i think it's going to be a maybe a year and a little bit you're in a little bit but then again we've kind of known you've kind of known me before and i've always kind of been doing things but I think I've always been super guilty of like making cool things, but they never really leave my bedroom mm. walls. You know what I mean? So it's like, I often like think about like, there's so much cool stuff on my laptop that no one's gonna hear or see purely because I was just like, it's not ready, I'm not ready. And I just never put it out. You know what I mean? And I think a lot of that was, I always kind of felt like this pressure, like as soon as you put it out, it, it has to be perfect because you're going to be judged immediately. You know what I mean? And it's like, it's make or break whether you do that. But I've realized that's not true at all. Yeah. And it's, not- I think it's like what people find most compelling is not even the final thing that you put out. That's kind of like, oh, cool. What they find most interesting is the journey you went through to get to that point. Yeah. So it's like from when you were terrible at something to when you're good at something, that journey is more compelling. And I think it's more compelling because people see that and they'd be like, oh, I could do that. It suddenly kind of, it stops whatever you put out looking like magic, like it just appeared and kind of be like, no, there was actually a process yeah. to this that I can follow and that I could even do that. You know what I mean? And it kind of makes it a lot more relatable. And I recently went through that with the 3D stuff, which is the most recent stuff I took on. And that was like two months ago, like I published like a little wavy line. Mm. And then like, I just- That grew really fast. It really did. And I think- it was the first time I've kind of grown something in public, like from learning a skill from nothing to something mm. completely in public. And I, I found it super interesting because not only did that, not that I needed the encouragement because I was super hyped about it anyway, but it's like, it stops you from getting in that bubble where you're kind of like, is this any good? Should I be spending my time on this? Because you're con- constantly getting feedback from outside being like, that's so cool. How did you do that? Like, you know, by week two, I had people messaging me saying like, oh, seeing you do that makes me want to do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, okay, cool. So I'm inspiring people. People are yeah. into it's it, relatable. whatever. So it like keeps you going. You know what I mean? So it's like, no, this is like worth doing, like finish it. And also I think there's something about when people are 
when you consistently only put out stuff that's perfect, you you might people might admire you, but then you become so far away that it's just it's almost like it does you you become irrelevant almost, you know, to someone's everyday life if that makes sense. But if they can see the journey that you're in and think, "Oh, I could do that." And it's more like, okay, cool, that I can relate now to that person and I can have them in my life as that person that I look at because they're actually doing something. Which incredibly, half of the time, I don't even think it's about what you're putting out there, but it's just the fact that you're, you're doing, doing it. it. Because it's that's such a rare thing now, people actually doing what they want to do is yeah. so rare. And that's another reason that I kind of wanted to do this. And I kind of wanted to do it with, you know, just starting with friends who are doing interesting things. Because I, I spoke to another friend the other day and we were like, I mean, you can go on the gram and you can see The Rock talking about motivation and yeah. stuff like that. But who's doing he's, it? He's so far gone. Like he's like this mm. huge global star. Like he's in the probably like the top zero point one percent of people doing life right now. And it's like you see that, and you see him saying you can do it, and you're kind of like, okay, mm. but you're The Rock. You know what I mean? Whereas when you see someone who grew up where you grew up, who's the same age as you are, you kn- you know went through the same things yeah. as you did, and then you see them doing it, it's kind of like okay. You believe it a bit more? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, it's. Uh, I was having a conversation with um, a guy a couple of days ago and literally we're talking about this this power dynamic almost. And when someone is real, they reshift this power dynamic of thinking, okay, I can do this too now. And suddenly it becomes so much more powerful. Because mm. when you're looking at someone like The Rock, you just think, yeah, there's no way I could ever do that. One, I don't have the money. I don't have the time. I don't have the willpower. I don't have this. I don't have that. I'm just not The Rock. But when you see a mom that is juggling a 10,000 thing and she's doing it, you're like, okay, cool, I could do that too. Mm. Okay, fine, a mom is not me, but you know what I mean? Like, it's still a friend or whatever. It's just like, but why just can't someone I? like raising two kids and still running a business exactly. on the side. You know what I mean? And it could be um, even, it doesn't even have to be like a huge business. It's something no. small that they're passionate about and they've made it into a business. That's incredible. Do you know what I think the weirdest thing is? I, th- I feel like so many people that I talk to or who ask me like how I do all these things or whatever, it's like they know exactly what to do. I feel like most people know what they need to do in order to live their dreams or whatever. Like they're so aware of what's holding them back. Mm. The thing is finding the motivation or the self-belief to go from zero to one and take that first step. That's like seems to be the problem. You know what though? I... I think it's not, it's, yeah, 100%. That's a massive one. But I also think that people say they want something without really wanting it. Does mm. that make, so, and I'll explain that a little bit better. Um, I, I have, like, I chat with a friend and he mentioned that he tried a 300, 400 pound wine bottle and it was amazing. And we always talk about how we see money so differently. So to me, money is not that important, but what's actually important is living a life on my own terms and for him he's like no but you cannot underestimate the importance of money because it gives you the freedom to do so much so I think a lot of people say that they want x y and z but actually when it comes down to it say living by themselves not moving home with their parents um, so they can afford the rent so they can have a nice car and that's what they actually want if that makes sense because Mm -hmm. they're they're we, I don't like people are still working and they're working hard. They're just working hard for someone else. Mm-hmm. And when they say that, oh, I wish I could do what you're doing. Yes, but you probably don't want that as much as being able to afford that really nice car or eating out every week or, you know what I mean? Like the nice holiday. I think it's kind of understanding what do people really want. And chances are that that's, though they might think they want 
this and doing X, Y, and Z, they probably don't. Or they probably want to watch Netflix more than they do want to do what you're doing. Does that make sense? It makes sense. I think the problem is, is because when they see what you're doing and they're like, oh, that looks so cool. You know, they're seeing your Instagram post. They're seeing a pitch. They're seeing that you know, that 15 seconds, 30 seconds of yeah. like, of that cool thing you did that day. They're not seeing the hours and hours and hours you put into like preparing for that pitch, finding people to talk to, refining it, going through those, you know, all those days of self-doubt and, you know, all these sorts of things like that. They see, yeah. people see a very small fraction on social media of what you actually went through to do that. Even when, I mean, you can even see that when you look at like huge superstars and stuff like that, like, you know, um, like whether, like if I'm looking at a DJ on Instagram, for mm. example, I can look at that and it's it's very curated in the sense where it's like, okay, you see a picture of him jumping on a jet, going to a festival, playing that festival. But it's like, you know, that catharsis of playing that festival, that's just like one hour out of his day. Like 23 of those hours were filled with like grueling shit. Do you know what I mean? And like sitting at an airport for eight hours, you know what I mean? Then producing stuff, doing legal stuff, law stuff, dealing yeah. with the pressure of like thousands of people judging and, you on social but that, media. And that's now. Like the amount of time and hours spent when he was producing stuff and yeah. he was getting absolutely nothing in return. Probably took like 10 years, 15 years exactly. of just getting well, good at making exactly. his craft. And no one sees that. And it's like no. those 10 years that, for example, like we just don't have, right? It's just like even for us we've just started and you think that great i've just started and i'm gonna put something out tomorrow and well it's, it's gonna be shit <laughs> you know it's gonna be crap no one's gonna watch it it's probably not gonna have the impact that i want it to have and that's okay and like i'm being okay with just putting in that time if that makes that's, sense that's a huge part of what i mentioned in the beginning of just doing it in public like you you have to be because the thing is most people don't start because they're like they want to analyze every single thing mm that they think could come up. And the, the human brain is hardwired to go straight to the negative. So you will easily pick out all the stuff that could go wrong, that won't work out. You'll come up with a million reasons why you shouldn't do it. And then there'll even be these parts that are just gray and you can't figure it out. And the thing is, you will never figure out all those things because the answers to those things or even the questions themselves reveal themselves once you begin. 100%. Like you have to start, be shit, be okay with being shit for a while, and then you will get good. But it's that period of people, I feel like people don't want to be judged for like starting at the bottom as, mm. as, you know what I mean? Like, for example, if someone wanted to be like, I don't know, like a stand-up comic or something, they don't want to be seen going to like some shitty club and playing to like two people, you know what I mean? But it's like, if you did that, you know, every yeah. day for a year, eventually, you know, you might work your way to the Hammersmith Apollo, you know what yeah. I mean? But it's like, you have to... You gotta earn it. You know what I mean. I keep. It's funny that you use that uh, that analogy because I keep thinking, I really want to do stand up comedy oh, really? because I'm so shit. I am. So, I'm not funny. I, mm-hmm. I think I'm. I like my jokes, but I like my. You're jokes pretty funny. Occasionally, <laughs> but I think how amazing would it be to do something that you're absolutely petrified of, that you know that you're so bad at, and that you know most likely you're gonna be booed at. But if you push yourself to put yourself in such an uncomfortable situation. You're gonna grow so much. Oh my God. And that's like, I keep thinking, you know what? I'm gonna put that on my 2019 bucket list. Do it. I am, I will do, do it. it. I, I will literally, as like, prove to myself that it's okay. Let's go to yeah. an open mic night. Oh my God, let's do it. I'm being I'm serious. Like, no, genuinely. I, okay, fine, done. I'll sign you up after this. <laughs> okay maybe let's let's sign we'll do it uh, you're, already, you're already no no no, no. sign let's do it but mm-hmm. this weekend because like after this i'm gonna be exhausted and okay. i want to but i'm doing it it's okay. something that i've been thinking about 
for I think a year and I kept telling myself just just sign up sign up or to do an acting class or anything goes something like that where you're forced to put yourself in front of people and get an immediate reaction do you know I think that'd be such a good thing for you or anyone in general stand-up comedy is basically being really good at storytelling yeah that's all it is you tell a story in such a way that it makes you laugh right because you have to paint the picture you gotta get people to visualize it and stuff like that and Storytelling in itself is such an amazing skill for anyone wanting to be an entrepreneur because all sales really is, is storytelling. You're selling uh, your idea and your concept, whether it's in a pitch or online or whether you're writing copy. It's all the same thing. Like when I'm writing copy, you know, I'm thinking about in my head, like how would I tell the story to someone? Who's my audience? You know, what emotional thing would they react to? That's how I write copy all the time. And that's basically stand-up comedy. It's like, who is my audience? What are they into? And how can I tell the story in a way that it resonates with But it's going to be difficult to know who you're audiences right because you just don't know who's going to well when you start obviously you have no idea but we're signing up we're doing this i'm going to use this really like you know reproductive health and like stuff like that Mm -hmm. as my as my um because it's just like it's finding what's funny about the situation Mm -hmm. and i and step yeah okay that's it we're doing it there you go you got (laughs) it i'm excited (laughs) about this but it's 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 that right it's it's literally just pushing yourself outside of your comfort zones and I think a lot of the time people don't realize that sometimes it's okay to do things that seem so far-fetched when you're doing them for a specific reason like stepping outside of your comfort zone so for example I'll give an example I, I I did a podcast that was irrelevant to what I was trying to achieve and I got so much shit for doing it because it was the topic was irrelevant and the question that came up was surely you can spend your time better you know mm-hmm. but then you you start thinking not Everything that you do, every step that you take, even if it doesn't seem to make sense, but it's outside of your comfort zone, whatever it might be, it's still a step forward somewhere, even just character building. So more steps forward. But that's also true. That's true of failure as well, because the reason that helps you grow is because each thing you do, obviously it compounds like your skill sets, right? Mm. So for example, another reason why I tell everyone like failure is so important, like you must suck at things and fail at them because if I tried 10 ventures and I failed each one of them, I go into my 11th venture with the compounding skills of the 10 that I had Mm. before. So I'm like now 10 times more likely to succeed at the 11th than I was at my first, you know what I mean? And you only get this stuff by doing things, by taking action. And it's the same things with that. Like maybe the podcast wasn't relevant, but it helped you get comfortable yeah. speaking to people and running workshops. And you know, I realized that like I should that. not drink while I do a podcast. There you go. That's why I got water <laughs> Towards today. the end of it, I was like, that's it. <laughs> but no, yeah. But I feel like whoever told you that, it's because it's a really narrow vision of things. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like you don't, people don't understand that everything you do is character development, it's self-development. Yeah. And I think... That is that is a trait I find in all entrepreneurs. Every entrepreneur that I meet, that's not a entrepreneur, that's actually an entrepreneur. They are so heavy into self-improvement because you have to be the best version of yourself if you're mm. gonna succeed doing this, like mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually. Yeah. Like you have to be the best. And if you're not constantly improving in those things, you're not gonna make it. Like you're not gonna be able to create something of value yeah. and put it out into the world because of all the different things you have to do. You're in an uncomfortable situation every day. You're failing yeah. every day, every hour sometimes. You suck and realize things don't work, but you become resilient to those things. You yeah. grow from those things. And that's why I think it takes a certain kind of person to be an entrepreneur. You have to be someone who's super comfortable with 95% of your time being kind of awful. Yeah. You know and what a I firefighter. mean? firefighter. 
Yeah, I mean, running your own business, trying to build your own thing sucks most of the time, but it's worth it because in the 5% that you do get is amazing. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think it's that constant, like starting a business is... Keep going. Okay. <laughs> I think like when you're starting, so there's always this constant thing where you are starting a business and... The reality is, especially at the beginning, you don't even know if it's ever going to develop into a business, if you know what I'm saying. It's almost like this kind of thing, like you you just go and you think, okay, I'm going to do this. And chances are, I don't know, I, I guess it's that constant self-doubt as well. And I know that until you make it, you're always going to wonder, do I actually have what it takes to be able to do this? You know, because there's so many things that you just don't know. And that are so difficult and that come so unnatural. And ultimately, I do think that making it means being able to overcome the things that are that feel so unnatural. And one of them, for example, is sales or talking to people, you know, just kind of forcing yourself to network and to put yourself out there to let people know what you're doing, to put yourself in front of the camera. Because unless you do everything that feels so unnatural to you, you're never going to make it. Literally, it's like as blank as that. I think that's true because if you, if you if what you if you don't feel like you're doing things that are unnatural to you every day, you're not working hard and enough. And you're not growing. You're not working hard enough. And it's again, it comes back to what we just said. Like yeah. you're not growing enough. You're not improving enough. You're not becoming the person you need to be to succeed. And that's one of the things I've learned as well is to like. That's why I don't really try and I don't really compare myself to anyone anymore. Mm. Like my only competition is who I was yesterday. That's it. Yeah. Like, am I better than I was yesterday? If so, then I'm on track. Because. Everyone's journey is completely different. Everyone started from somewhere different. Everyone's heading somewhere different. Like to compare with them, it's just it's just completely pointless. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it's like, and it, again, it comes down to the same thing as well. Of like, you know, when someone's jealous of someone else, like, oh, look at them, da 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 da, whatever. It's like, it's it's again, it's a waste of time because it's like unless you are willing to one hundred percent trade places with that person, spending time being jealous of them is just irrelevant. You know what I mean? Mm. And it's like, weirdly enough, I haven't really come across many people like that in recent times. And I think it's because like my circle slowly been changing. Mm-hmm. It's because I've realized the people, the people who do do this stuff, you know what I mean? Who know what the route to success is that you have to be failing and trying things and stuff like that. They never hate on you. You know what I mean? They're just encouraging because they're going through it too. or yeah. They've been through it and they get it. And, and the anything. only people who knock you down are the, are the ones who aren't doing anything about it. And it's just like, well... Why do you care what they think? You but don't you I mean? think that you slowly you you slowly stop talking to those people anyway? They just naturally filter that, out. Yeah, like they literally really naturally. Just because you, as soon as you start focusing on what you want to do and your life purpose is mm-hmm. just people. Literally, the people come in and out, and it almost and it sounds horrible to say, but it almost doesn't matter. No, it really doesn't. I've outgrown so many people, and. I don't even hesitate about it anymore. Mm. Like there are people who I'd be like, oh, you know, I, I love these people. Like some of my, some people that I grew up with who I thought like were going to be my friends forever. But you just reach a point where you realize actually you don't have my best interests in the heart. You know what I mean? You're just holding me back. Yeah. Like if someone, if you're constantly around people who aren't doing anything, who aren't trying new things, who aren't striving to be anything, you, you become that person. You know what I mean? It's much easier to fall into bad habits and stuff like that if you're not especially resilient. If you're, yeah, especially if you're like spending time with them and you're not... 
seeking them out as in you know mm. let's go out let's hang out whatever i'm realizing more and more that the reality like before especially a couple of years ago i used to you know like when you look at your circle of friends and you think oh why don't i have this many friends or like i wish i had more friends and mm. most of the times you only think that because you're not actually looking up at who's there because people yeah. are always there but then you slowly you slowly start realizing the more you focus on your purpose and what you want to do you don't actually have that much time no you really don't yeah so then you want to become select like you not selective i think selective is the word i don't like using it <laughs> it sounds horrible but you you start just picking the people that you really want to spend time with that matter to you life becomes so much easier as well mm. so i'm super selective about who i spend time with and i've become pretty ruthless about it as well again not in a being mean kind of way mm. but it's just you realize who has your best interests at heart right because if you always come up against someone who's like oh i'm busy i'm busy oh i can't do this can we reschedule and do this and do that it's like no one is that busy like oh yo i know what you do Some no one are that busy <laughs> no no one is that busy it's about it's about priorities yeah you know what i mean if you want to spend time with someone you will make that time whether it's the 10 minute phone call or just going over to see them for a little while whatever it is yeah, if that true. person is important to you you will make time for it so what you start to realize is if people are always busy or tired or whatever you're just not important enough like whatever else they want to do is more important to them whether that's going home watching netflix yeah. whatever that's more important to them than spending time with you that's a shitty friend you know like okay so having said that i feel like i've become a shitty friend to so many friends you yeah. know like i've become Why? because i'm i'm that person that's like um can we reschedule or do you know what i'm actually really tired or can we do and i do that i realize this i do that really often with 80 percent of my friends i'd say there are very few people and those would be maybe like people that i've known since i was but even then i don't really see them that often but i don't know like it's just maybe because and this is this is the other thing i think this is the dark side of following your purpose and having and being so not involved but like having it's almost like sometimes i feel when you find something that you want to do you get so involved into it that it can make you selfish and you have to be selfish because your time is precious like we've got such limited amount of time in this life but there's so many people that i absolutely love but I struggle so much to make time, not because I don't care for them, but it's just I've become, in a way, so self-absorbed in my to-do list, if that makes sense, that my my to-do list takes priority every time. But And this is why I think like it's important for me also to realize that, though I might think some friends are shitty because maybe they're negative or whatever, but then I'm also becoming a shitty friend. So maybe, you know, it's like that thing where it's always, I don't know, maybe it's just that I need to think about that a little bit more really. Or even recognize if the reason why I'm a shitty friend to them is because I might not care that much. And then it's re- I might care, but not to be in their life 100%. You know, to be that friend that they see once every six months and be okay with that. I think that's what it is. It's it kind of really puts your priorities in check. Yeah. You know what I mean? It puts a magnifying glass on every area of your life and it really makes you think, how important is this to me? You know what I mean? And it's like, I only have probably like three people I see consistently or I will make time for consistently. 
There are other people who I haven't seen in months sometimes, and there's some who have fallen off completely. You know what I mean? And it's not for lack of trying. It's just, I just feel like I outgrew them. You know what yeah, I mean? I see. It's like things change and they outgrew. And it's like, it's just not that important anymore. You know what I mean? Neither to them or to me, yeah. because if it was important to them, they'd try a lot harder to spend time with me. You know what I mean? On whatever terms I might need. You know yeah, what I mean? But that's, but that's where I think like it's so friendships especially or just relationships in general are such a delicate area because it's a two-way street all the time yep so it's understanding on both sides what's the priority and yeah you are right when you're busy and especially when i think also when you when you're trying to achieve something that matters so much to you and you you feel like you ha you just don't have enough time and during the day yeah you magnifying glass on literally everything that you do because it's well, what's important to me? Do I have time for this now? You know, how much time do I want to make for this action or these people? Do you know what? You kind of hit the nail on the head there with the word priority because I just thought about it and I was like, the people who I will spend time with consistently anytime are the only ones who would do the same thing for me. So the only mm -hmm. people who, no matter what their circumstance is, if I said, I really need to see you, they would be there, hands down. Yeah. So I return that. For them always and the people who are super flaky and never really there well then i don't really have the motivation to like drop everything that i'm doing yeah but just you, to see you yeah, you know I what i mean you build a different kind of relationship yeah so it's just like again it's just then they become prioritized naturally yeah. it becomes like it just happens do you know what i mean yeah. and, I'm, and i'm sure the case is the same for them you know what i mean where it's like they have the people they spend the most time with you know, it's just it, you know? sometimes I think like the world is so huge, right? There's so many people to spend the time. And this sounds horrible, but like the I've met so many interesting women in the past few months. And I just keep thinking, wow, I just want to I just want to talk to them. I just want to meet more and I want to know more. And you start realizing there are so many incredible people out there. And yet as human beings, which is absolutely fascinating we attach ourselves just to a few and that's that's fine like you know like your best friends but even when you think about like relationships you know when they become really bad and you know that this you should let go of that relationship now because it's not doing either of you any favors mm -hmm. how difficult is that and yet there's so many people out there for you to to like explore to know and yet we attach ourselves to a few individuals we attach ourselves to a few circles we attach ourselves to a few situations we attach ourselves to our jobs we attach ourselves to our homes we attach ourselves to our country and there's so much out there and it's fascinating when you think about it as human beings you know this kind of attachment that we have and then suddenly it's like i think that's got a lot to do with our evolutionary biology where it's like it was obviously very tribal back then mm. and if you weren't part of the tribe you're yeah like the the odds of you surviving drop dramatically. Mm. So that's why we always seek out groups that are similar to us, that we can be accepted in and stuff like that. It kind of goes down to the fact that we are still incredibly tribal in the way we think. It comes down to music groups, what the music you like, like you have your little cliques and stuff like that, fandoms, whatever. It's all just tribalism, which... I have another challenge for us, 2019. Okay. You know, I'm loving this. <laughs> But honestly, I'm loving this. Um, I think our next challenge should be try and infiltrate, inf yeah, infiltrate mm -hmm. a new completely different group that we wouldn't necessarily infiltrate ourselves in. 
Does that make the sense? Stand-up comedy group. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, yes, that. But you know what? You know what I'm trying to mm. get at. And the only reason why I'm saying this is because there's, you know, as you were saying, that people tend to like stick to this mm-hmm. people the same as them. But this is when your idea of the world shrinks. But what if we try to infiltrate it completely? And this might literally be going to a house party that you would have never gone to otherwise. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like some a completely different group. I think that's going to be very... And we could help each other out with that, right? Because we've got different, completely different groups of friends. Do you know what? Like, I think, like, people kind of look down on it, but I think it's really good to be a bit of a social chameleon. Oh, yeah. In the sense where you change your energy based on who you're talking to. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, I wouldn't talk to you the same way I'd talk to, like, the CEO of, like, a Fortune 500 company. You know what I mean? Why not? I might <laughs> well, be that in the future. <laughs> in the future, my demeanor will change. <laughs> Great. But do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you're meeting this old guard type of person, like your energy is going to be completely different. And I think in order to be socially successful, you have to be able to do that. Mm. And I found like I kind of picked up this skill anyway, kind of doing a lot of user testing because I mean, part of being in the tech industry for so long and kind of working with users and figuring out what problems they have is you have to deeply understand them and their motivations and stuff like that. And by doing that, you kind of step into their shoes. Mm. You kind of absorb their world as it were how do you do that um what what a lot of it is just by well for one it's listening right it's being able to listen and then kind of read between the lines of what they're really trying to say and another part of that is just observation like so for example if i had to design a product for millennial females for example i mean it's so easy to just see what their world is i mean their world is primarily things like instagram you can see the kind of language that they use the how they kind of form groups you know what kind of things they deviate towards what kind of music they like you know all of these sorts of things build up kind of like a picture of who this person is and then when you kind of visualize that you can kind of step into those shoes so then when they're talking you have a better sense of when they're expressing their problems you can kind of see it from their point of view more like you know it's like For example, like if you were selling something to a millennial female, for example, the problem she would state that she's having in high school or whatever, you may look at that and be like, as a grown person, be like, oh my God, that's like not important at all. But you have to be able to like pull back and be like, what is it like from your point of view? What did you grow up with? You know, they've grown up always connected, always online. That shaped who they are in a completely different way. Likes and things like that mean something completely different to them than they do to us. You know what I mean? Mm. So it's like, I think it's just about just having, just being incredibly empathetic, I think, and just allowing yourself to absorb their world and just not judging it, just observe observe it for what it is because that is their reality, you know what I mean? That is their human experience. That is how they see things. So I think it's super valuable to be able to just do that and just kind of see what other people are doing. It's tough, it's it's tough. For example, you know, like putting yourself in the shoes of a 14 year old, I, I mean, it's it's super valuable, but it's really difficult because it's one, getting them to open up and talk to you, which is hard in itself. Um, because, yeah, you do need to speak their language. Otherwise, they're not going to open up to you, especially when we're like 30, you know. Ugh. Speak for yourself. <laughs> You're almost there. Almost. Okay. I was actually going to talk to you about that. About what? Turning 30. Because, <laughs> finish your thought. No, I was just literally saying how like it's, Actually, this may be at some point in some other podcast. It might be worth exploring how you do market research and how you talk to Mm. potential, you know, when you're doing user testing, because it is a very difficult skill. Like, and I find myself 
when I'm doing research and I'm trying to put together a persona, which is ironic because I'm a female, right? So like, oh, it should be easy. But I don't know, it's so easy to get rattled up in like the little things. And sometimes I think just understanding the process could be really helpful from like a professional point of view. But yeah. So you know, I don't really have, at least I don't think I have like an academic process to understanding people because I think if you attack it like a scientific problem, like you've got to break it down into specific boxes, you'll struggle because people aren't black or white. It's very difficult. I mean, you can make generalizations about them, but then generally, because they're generalizations, I suppose, they're not very accurate. I I don't feel like that helps me that much. Like I've actually never done a persona. Yeah. Never. Because I don't know. I just never found it that helpful. Like for me, it's, I mean, I never really tell, like if a company wants to work with me and stuff like that, I, I've never, they're like, oh, what's your process? Da, 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 expecting you to have like this really categorized thing that you go through and it's all militarized and it's tested and proven and stuff like that. And I've realized it just doesn't seem to work that way for me, or at least I don't see it that way. I genuinely just go up to people and just have a really human conversation with them. I just get them to open up to me. How do you find these people? Um, it kind of depends on what it is. Like, if it's if it's in a remit where I have connections, then I just get introduced or I'll just speak to them. You can just reach out. Like, everyone's connected. You can just DM someone on Twitter or Instagram who you think might have valuable information mm. that you need and just start a conversation with them. And I think that the key is if you're going to do that cold approach is to provide them with some value first. You know what I mean? Like make them understand why it's important you talk to them. That value could be like, look, I'm trying to develop this problem to solve yeah. this problem that I know you have. And like you talking to me would really help me. And then we might be like, oh, that's a huge problem for me. Yeah, you I'm happy to talk to that, you. It's fascinating because say, for example, like right now, you just said that really quickly. And it's like, yeah, cool. That seems like easy enough. It's not yeah <laughs> that's just you know like you hear this all the time yeah but you're over you're overthinking it, it. Yeah. but that's the thing and i think it's like understanding the the thing where i think when you care too much you overthink and it's so much easier to go ahead and do stuff for someone else for their thing for someone else's job or whatever than to do it when you're involved you know when your name is is attached mm-hmm. to that if that makes sense because mm-hmm. like for example i've been thinking so i need to get a, a woman with endometriosis and i'm struggling so much to get that person and it's like i have someone <sighs> well there you go that was See? easy Done. there you go <laughs> i mean but it's, it's you, just you just have to reach out and put out like what you need you know what i yeah. mean but it's just the thing is you will be surprised who is willing to help you if you just ask yeah most of the time they don't even want anything in return but most people are just really nice tough I think that's the thing, right? It's like, actually, not for everyone. It depends I think on it's your just, person. I think it's just a mental barrier everyone has where it's like, you know, everyone's just super busy in their own lives and no one really cares about what you're doing and stuff like that, which is true to an extent. But it's like, if you make the effort to go and ask someone and you're super genuine about it, you know, and you're not taxing about it where you're like, you know, where you're draining them or whatever, I think, like, people will just help you. And it's like, actually... I think a key thing as well is to see that you're actually doing something about it. Yeah. If it's just a random conversation, people are less invested. But if they see like you've actually tried a bunch of things, they don't work and you're trying to figure out a solution and it's like they're more likely to help you then because they can see you're putting in the effort. Yeah. This applies to like getting mentors and stuff like that as well. Like no one wants to mentor someone who just has a bunch of questions who hasn't taken any action. But I think, and I think, but this is why it's so important to put yourself or put your stuff out there for people to see. Yeah. Because when they see it, they're more likely to want to get involved. Yeah, but definitely. if you out of the blue, 
like I've never posted about anything I've never done it and start DMing people and suddenly it's like oh where did this come from you know but if you're and again it goes back to what we were talking about right at the beginning full circle put yourself out there but let me ask you when you're DMing someone because you need help with something how many people do you typically DM zero zero <laughs> there you go well, well this problem. is the problem or I, I will only message friends that I oh acquaintances that I know and then my message will be like really almost like oh please if you want to mind or like mm-hmm. you know super sweet instead of hey I'm doing this it's so cool I would love for you to get involved full stop yes no like you know what it, like I think your sales pitch just sucks then yeah, you know what I mean it's but, like if you're not excited and confident about what you're doing the other person isn't going to be exactly if you're like this is an incredible opportunity I'm going to change the right. world with this like right women everywhere are going to need this and I want your help to do it. They're going to be way more enthusiastic about helping you yeah. than like yeah. if you try and make it sound like they're doing you a favor, they're going to be exactly. like, oh God, like, do I really have to do you a favor? But it's like, no, this is an opportunity for you to get involved with something really cool and awesome. Yeah. They were like, oh, okay, yeah, I'm yeah, totally yeah. into it. Uh, but words are so important. I'm reading yeah. a book on persuasion and they mm-hmm. say how... Which book? Uh, it's 50... 50 something about persuasion, 50 rules, something mm-hmm. like that. And one of them is so simple. But I have like, three books I'll give you oh, to remind please. me of this. But it makes a big difference. And once you're made aware of things like that, like make them excited about it. Make it seem like they've chosen, like for example, um, if someone comes to your podcast recording, example, something that you could say is, thanks for choosing to be here today. Mm-hmm. So you're kind of saying you chose to be here. So mm-hmm. it's your choice if this is good and bad mm-hmm. and you know what you make out of it. So it's like little things like that, but you wouldn't think of saying it or using that or, you know, so send those books my way because I need but, them. <laughs> but it's like part of it is you have to remember everyone just cares about themselves. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which is so, so it's sad. like if you just frame it in a way where it's like a positive thing for them mm. and not a favor to you, you're going to get a way better like return on people wanting to get involved. And I think the other thing is people underestimate just how many, if it's, if it's a cold approach, like it's not just 10 people you have to DM. It's like 50, yeah. 60, like maybe a hundred. And maybe then out of that five people will get back to you. And maybe out of that three people will get involved. Yeah. Like cold approach is really hard. Let's make that our next challenge. Oh my God. All challenges. <laughs> I DM 50 people by the end of next three days. Yeah. I mean, that's, like that's what you have to do. Yeah. Just Go into the endometriosis. Oh, no, um, you've got me someone for endometriosis. So pick another the thing, thing is, and just... If she's available, I will need to find out. That's fine. Um, but... But I could have multiple. I'm, I'm, I'm aware it's something she blogs about a lot and talks about a yeah. lot. So she might be open to it. Yeah. I'll have to ask my sister to get her in touch. Yeah, that'd be amazing. But then equally let's mm-hmm. do 50 and see what they you see i actually think this is quite good because set that and then do it almost as a test you but know, also say, i would say the... as well it's like go to like again it's like another sales thing it's like sell what people are already mm-hmm. buying you know what i mean go to forums about and um yeah yeah endo- endometriosis endometriosis like go to forums where people are already openly discussing about that mm-hmm. and be in touch and be like hey your story really inspired me and i want to yeah. do this so can we get in touch like it's- your hit rate on there is probably going to be a lot higher than instagram or at least even on instagram make sure it's a page maybe dedicated to that or like you know yeah 
you know, survivors of X or whatever. I'm sure there's loads of support groups and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, it's like you, you, I'm always scared when I do that, especially with people that are like mentioned that they've suffered from it or they mm-hmm. went through something. I was doing that today for ovarian cancer and there's these really horrible stories about these women. And I just thought, oh my God, it'd be incredible to be able to speak to them because more people need to know about this. And then I thought, oh, if I message her now though, I come across as so creepy. Like I'm just trying to take advantage of it. And I think that's my mistake. I need to start seeing this as I'm not taking advantage. I want to highlight this problem. You're giving her and a voice. You're exactly. giving her a platform to talk about but, what she went through. And I'm sure she would want to do that. But this is, so this is where I think it's fascinating because now we start, talk, we start talking about how our own insecurities and our own own mind block us from doing what we want to do <laughs> that's so why i mentioned annoying that's why i mentioned entrepreneurs need to be super into self-improvement yeah like you have to always be overcoming mental blocks um yeah not once not twice not every through, day like, all the time every day like, and you're not going to overcome the mental block just by doing it once you're no, going to no, overcome it's repetition it. exactly I everything is repetition that needs to be i think that's really important to remember that it's rep- that you do it once it doesn't mean that you're now overcome that no, mental no. block it's got to be consistent. Yeah. That's what I, I was telling someone else as well. They were like, you know, how do I become successful? And I was just like, you just take action consistently. That's it. That's like the magic secret to being successful. It's just consistently taking action because you learn, you grow and things happen. You know what I mean? You can only theorize about stuff for so long. Like it's just, you know, reading a book about something doesn't have doesn't teach you anywhere near as much as actually going and doing the thing will. You know, reading 50 books about pitches won't teach you as much as going and doing a pitch. You know what I mean? You just have to get over yourself and do the thing. And it's super scary, but that's where all the good stuff is. You know what I mean? It's incredible because I literally feel like all of the conversations that we've had come back to that one point. Just doing things that make you uncomfortable and just doing them. Literally just... That's... It's the foundation for success. Yeah. Honestly. And that's why I feel like the reason most people don't do that and most people suffer, I think, doing things they don't want to do is because, I mean, the entire society we've built is for comfort. Yeah. Everything we've created, we've created an incredible society that's just all about comfort. Like, you know, you don't even have to go out your house to get food anymore. It's delivered on demand. You've got movies on demand. Everything is on demand. You don't have to wait for anything. You don't have to earn anything. You don't have to particularly be good to get any of these things it's just on demand and always available and i think the same with social media it's just instant access to everything yeah and it kind of teaches you that things should just happen instantly and the thing that's why i think people fail at this is because this isn't going to happen instantly this isn't even going to happen in one year or five years it's probably going to take you 10 years of just going through the worst shit possible and then maybe you'll get to where you want to be or maybe you'll have even more work to do you know what i mean And it's that sense of delayed gratification that no one has anymore. No one has the discipline, the resilience to go through those things. Or not everyone, like most people. Because you're so conditioned to just be lazy, to just keep watching YouTube videos about something rather than going out and actually experiencing it. Yeah. You know what I mean? They, um, lately, I've been, I think it's, it's really horrible. Like, I've, I get to my house and after work and I sit myself to do some work but I put Netflix on the side mm-hmm. and obviously if Netflix is playing on the screen next to you how realistically your mind is going to be right so you're not really going to be involved and I think what I found actually really useful to overcome this of being comfortable um, 
I think because once you get into routines or you don't, you, it's difficult to remember what you did wrong or like you might know, but then to actually make a conscious effort into changing what you did wrong the day before. And like, you know how we mentioned about the constant self-improvement mm. and there's this, it's a such a simple technique, but doing it has changed my attitude towards things so much. And it's literally you, I write down things that I would like to achieve on today and then either tonight or tomorrow morning more likely I will go back and I'll say what did I actually achieve out of everything that I wanted to do and then what didn't work out like what happened that stopped me from achieving it so I recognized this morning when I was doing my thing about yesterday and I was like well the reason why I didn't finish my work was because I had Netflix next to me the reason I went to the gym which is great but I ate like crap so what can I do today that's going to stop me making the same mistake that I did yet yesterday? So and I almost feel like just writing it down becomes a really useful way of stopping yourself from making the same mistake over and over and over because you suddenly become conscious and intentional about what you were doing or what you've been doing that's actually not serving you well. It's accountability. It's that's exactly. what you've done. And it's like... Right accountability is one of the biggest things people struggle with when it comes to entrepreneurship or going on your own because all of a sudden there is no one to keep you accountable yeah. there's no yeah. boss saying you need to be there at 9 a.m there's no one saying you they need this by five o'clock yeah. there's no one telling you what to do next it's all on you like you know because you go through school high school university whatever there's always a structure laid out for you there's always like a program already made for you you don't even have to think that hard it's just everything's dictated towards you and the same goes for when you go and get like just a regular job. Yeah. But if you want to go on your own, you are 100% accountable for everything that happens. If you succeed, you're 100% accountable. If you fail, you're 100% accountable. accountable. And people can't accept that. I almost feel like because so many people, like it's almost like it's more likely that you're going to fail than you will succeed, right? Definitely. Just like... By default. Just by default. And I think almost because that's the most likely scenario, we almost set ourselves up for that scenario to happen. Like, we don't and we do, if that makes sense. It's almost like, well, most businesses don't make it anyway. So it's like, you almost give yourself that cushion of, well, okay, cool, I'm going to take it easy. I'm not really going to go for it. I'm not really going to put myself out of it. I'm not really going to like literally do everything that it takes. Like my life dependent depends on it. But you're absolutely right. Is that accountability? I think it's we do not talk about it enough as entrepreneurs. Like we don't or people that are doing their own thing. We just do not talk about that horrible area when we're lost. You know, and how do we get out of this? I'm wasting so much time because I can without realizing how detrimental it is even for my own um willpower moving forward and motivation i think that's happened because so many of the guides and stuff you'll see with stops and what they tell you to do it's i think it's all formed from survivorship bias you know one guy started a company in silicon valley and he did this particular routine or had this process yeah. and they went on to make a billion dollars or whatever you know you have all these startup playbooks that are made and stuff like that but they like you're right they never address all of this stuff they don't address you know the nine times that person failed before they succeeded the tenth time this stuff is never talked about, you know what I mean? Yeah. It doesn't talk about the fact that they bombed, you know, a hundred pitches before they finally got investment. It'll just talk about the one where they did and then everyone will just try to emulate yeah. that. Where it's like, that's not the magic formula. The formula was doing 99 pitches that went yeah. terribly wrong. Like without that, it doesn't matter if you copy his pitch exactly, it's not gonna work. 
You know what I mean? It's like it's like observing a master of a talent and yeah. just thinking because you watched him, you can do it. No, you have to go and play 10,000 chess yeah. games before you're going to be as good as a chess master. You know what I mean? Yeah, and it's, it's kind like of- putting in the work, but they won't tell you that because it became so cool to be an entrepreneur and it still kind of is. And that's how you just have everyone yeah, who's like a you entrepreneur know, it's, is it's like, so I just want to do it because it's cool. But that, so that's, that's why the whole like concept about being an entrepreneur is cool. I just don't think it is. Like I, I generally don't think being an entrepreneur is cool because for one of, first of all, you have literally no money. So your life is really boring. Like you, you just, you're not making money at the beginning, you know, it's not there and your outgoings are more than your, in, than your incomings. Yeah. That's the word. So like you're literally, you have to say no to so many things or you're, you're on a shoestring. And half of the time, I think when people say that entrepreneurship is cool is because they are thinking about that life of like having flashy cars and whatever, but that's not the reality of it. That's the end result. That's the, yeah. But at the beginning, it's not like that. And you, there's so much shit <laughs> that goes into it. And this is why I think like you have to love what you're doing, but you genuinely need to love it. And you genuinely need to be, not for everyone, money could be the motivator and you're just like, I'm just going to grind it and know this is going to work or whatever. But if you don't love what you're doing and there isn't something bigger that just keeps you on that path, it's so easy to give up, which is probably yep. why so many startups don't succeed. Because when it, you get to a stage where you're just, I am tired of this. And you have to, I actually, I realized recently, I was like, okay, I'm really not enjoying this. And I, my one of my mentors asked me, she, she literally said, do you still like this? Do you still love it? I had to think about it. I'm like, I don't know. And no, the reality is you don't love it every day and it's impossible. There is going to be so many times when you don't love it, but that's okay because what you love is not what you're doing today. It's not what you're doing tomorrow. It's not what you're doing for the next two months, but it's what you're trying to create, if that makes sense. So there has to be something more because entrepreneurship is not fun. It's not glamorous. And literally unless there is something more that you want to do I would never go like I'd rather work for someone than build a business that I'm not interested in if that makes sense the worst reason to be an entrepreneur is because you want to be an entrepreneur yeah like exactly it's the worst reason you have to have a problem you so deeply want to solve that you can't sleep because you know you're still thinking about it and you want to solve it and that's why I know eventually I'm going to start another company at some point but Having done it a bunch of times in my 20s, I've kind of realized that, like you said, the reason has to be bigger than myself. It has to be a problem that I'm like, no matter what, I have to succeed at solving this problem because it has that much value. And it's like, in order to ride out those incredible lows that you have um, to see you through to those very few highs that you get, it's like, it has to be something that you know no matter what you want to see that manifested yeah and also because that when that happens you stop being attached to your idea of what it is that you're creating Mm -hmm. and you actually start following that purpose that you have and that then what that means is that it allows you to let go of what you're creating if that that's the wrong thing does that make sense and you're okay to pivot because that's that's not the wrong that's what i mentioned in the beginning it's like you will there are so many questions and answers you need to find that you won't find until you begin. Like until you start executing on that idea, you won't know if it's right or wrong. Probably wrong the first time around, right? Nobody, well, very few people have an idea and that's the, that's the exact thing that goes on to become a success. 
so rare. Like I can't even think of a single example where that's actually happened. There's always been some case of development that yeah. happened once they started the process, whether it came from them or some of the team that they built, whatever. It always kind of changes as it grows before it becomes a success. But you again, you will never discover that unless you start. You know what I mean? Unless you get over the nagging doubt, unless you get over the fact that you're probably going to fail because you are a bunch of times. But that doesn't mean it's over. Mm. It's just I I normally think of it now as like when I'm trying to do something new, I don't think of it as failing. I kind of think about it as like gathering data in a sense where I'm like, that's a really nice way of looking at it. Yeah, it's like, okay, I did this and that didn't work, but this was quite well. So I'm going to take this, this and this. I'm going to leave that out and I'm going to go forward, try it again. But I'm going to do it this way because of that. And every time you screw it up, you're just gathering more data. You know what I mean? So that your decisions are getting better and better as you go along. And that's why I say eventually, I feel like if you're just consistent and you keep doing it, it's like you're going to succeed. You will succeed at something because it's almost impossible. If you're consistent and you keep doing this and you keep applying the methodology and you keep putting yourself out there and getting better, you will eventually make it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But and as long as you're willing to recognize and analyze what you're doing that's yeah. not working that's the whole accountability yeah thing, and right? being self-aware as well you know and just recognizing okay this is not working <laughs> you know let's it's time to like move on you know yeah you have to be kind of ruthless with it yeah that's another thing that comes with it like you have to your personality changes a lot yeah i think i think for the better in a sense where it's like people because it's like People always like, oh, you know, the CEO makes so much money and like I do more work than him. No, you don't. You know what I mean? He gets paid that much because he is constantly making decisions. You can't even start to comprehend like the weight you have on your shoulders, steering a company, making decisions that affect thousands of people every day, that kind of stress, that kind of pressure. That is things few people can deal with. You know what I mean? You might feel like because you're sitting in the office for eight hours that you worked harder and he was just like pacing around on a phone. You did not work harder. You just didn't. Like, because the effort required to make those huge strategical decisions takes a toll on your body way more than, you know, doing like some tasks that you do every day. And that's why like people see the CEO and the massive checks and like, I want that. But it's like, you're not not suited for it. You know what I mean? Because if you were, you'd be chasing it. You'd be putting yeah. yourself in a position where you're climbing that ladder to get there. You're just basically seeing the fact that he has a fat bank account and a nice car and you want that. You know what I mean? You don't want all the other shit he's going through, all the sleepless nights, probably all the failed relationships he's had. Or she's had. Um, ah, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, you, you don't count any of those things. It's Everything has a price um, and... A friend I was talking to the other day put that in a really nice way where he's like, no matter what you choose, it's got a price, right? Yeah. So it's like, if you want the big CEO salary in the flashy car, you got to pay for that with maybe a terrible family life. You know yeah. what I mean? If you want the great family life, maybe you got to sacrifice the fact that, you know, you're not going to travel the world constantly and stuff like that because you have a small kid and all this sorts of stuff like that. Like everything has a price. You just have to figure out like, you know, what's worth it to you. Yeah. 100% and that's that's exactly brings us back to like the whole money thing and and what what's the price that you're willing to pay for x y and z so for example for us it might be well what's the price that we're willing to pay to be able to do what we're doing right now it is giving up a lot of the other things that we could do if we had a full-time job so you know it's like that kind of you you just need to decide what's what's 
more important to me or what what is this worth to me and then kind of make your decisions going from there how are we doing with time uh, i have no idea wow we're w- six one hour in wow <laughs> how much time do you have today um not like not massively i think also like podcasts are good when they're about maybe an hour an hour and a bit mm. depending on the topic obviously I only had really one more question I wanted to ask you. Go on. Purely because my birthday is next month. I'm going to be 29. So it's kind of like the last year of my 20s. Okay, do loads of drugs. Go out <laughs> loads. <laughs> is that your advice? That's my advice. That was that was my, when I turned 28, I'm like, that's it. I'm just going to go out. I didn't, but you know. That's what you wanted to do. Yeah, that was my plan. Mm. And then work took priority, but that was my plan. <laughs> Why was that your plan? Um... Because I think, like, in general, I've been... I've always been a person that overthinks everything mm-hmm. and always makes the sensible decision. And I thought, the more the more, the more more time goes by, the more you start becoming so aware of time that you become even more sensible with it, if that makes sense. So yeah. when, I, when I turned 28, I thought, I need to, like, be less sensible with my time now. Like, I need to go out more. I need to, like, rave and have a good time, you know, because it's... I'm always too sensible. And then obviously you have that that thought on your birthday and then you, you're you, right? You're not going to change just like that. So I stayed sensible, but... <laughs> I think you did it the right way around. I feel like your 20s are such a building decade. I feel like the idea, being sold the idea that you should just, you know, drink and party and piss away your 20s sets you up for massive failure in your 30s. You know what I mean? It's True. like... These are, this is like a foundational decade where it's going to like set up like who you're going to be like forever. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like people who do well in their like who build in their 20s go on to be successful in their 30s and 40s and stuff like that when it becomes like more serious. Like I know people who've wasted their 20s and they're having like a massive existential crisis because it's like they have to start from zero now which is fine. Like, you know, it would have been better to start at 20, but the second best time is always now. Do you actually think that though? Because I feel like, especially living in the UK, you've got, especially young people, and generally people have so much pressure on them on by 25, you have to be in this like amazing job. And by 28, you need to be like, and by 30, you definitely need to be having, you need to buy a house. You know, like there's this, especially in the UK. And I feel- I think that's everywhere. Do you um, think? In Italy, it's not like that, by the way. In okay, Italy, so it's definitely, you know, it's super chill. But it almost feels like it's put, it's on purpose. It's definitely done on purpose to create um, a society that's just like focused on achieving these things and really like work orientated. So they... I feel like those are kind of like, those are like just super false milestones anyway. Like I mentioned, everyone's on their own to own timeline. I think as long as like, as long as you're doing that thing where it's like, am I better than I was yesterday? You're doing fine. You know what I mean? That's the only competition you have. And it's like the idea that you must have everything by this date is just absurd because everyone's living a completely different life. You know what I mean? So I don't agree with any of that at all. But Um, you have to, like, it's there. It's there to make people feel like shit when they're not achieving it, you know? But the thing is, most people aren't. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, I know, I know. Most people Why are, are miserable people and unhappy. <laughs> exactly. And it's like, that's another product of social media where you're only seeing a highlight reel. You're seeing very select things about what's going on. And it's like, the m- most things I see now are just people getting like engaged or married or like having kids or, or whatever. houses. <laughs> exactly. It's like all very standard sort of stuff. And again, 
it comes back to like, what price do you want to pay? You know what I mean? It's like, you could give up everything you're doing, get married like this year or next year if you wanted to. Like, if you really wanted to, you could do that. Yeah, right? no, no. I, you yeah. 100% you could do that, but that's not what you want. Yeah. So who cares if everyone no, else is doing it? You 100%. Know what I, mean? I think it's just like, so for example, even turning like, okay, quit, quitting my job and realizing that I'm moving back in with my parents at 30 and I can't buy that house and I'm not going to be able to whatever, 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 whatever. It's still it's still tough. Like it's yeah, still definitely. emotionally like and mentally it's tough. You know, it's not it's not easy and you no, see your not. colleagues that are moving in with their partner and they're doing this and they're doing that and they're earning this and like and for and I, you know what? It now it it bothered me more, more at the beginning. Now it's like a 5 minute thing, less than that actually. I'll say 30 seconds and I'm like, "Yeah, but just what do you want?" Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> Move but, on. But yeah. it's you know, I think it's normal. It's normal to like look yeah. at other people's lives it's because it's in your face all the time all the time but again you have to remember they're just sharing a very specific yeah. thing that's not happening every day that happiness of sharing their engagement photo is not something they're feeling every yeah. day they may be in an office for you know eight nine hours every day absolutely hating their life yeah. but they're not exactly. showing you that right yeah so it's like it's again people pick and choose what they want to share so it's like just ignore it and just do what you want to do you know what i mean so you wanted to know about what you should do for your 29 well for your 29th birthday or like in general, how should you? I don't know. I was just wondering like what it was like for you. On my 29th. Or like your 29th year approaching. Scare. I think it before before I hit 30, it was like petrifying. Literally. I was dep- I was genuinely depressed, which is why I went to Thailand. Just not even beach, just literally traveling and reflecting and thinking. I was having an existential crisis because you hit 30 and it's like a massive thing. But the year before 30 was the year when I let go. So at 29 was when I quit my job and I started focusing and trying to like understand what do I want to do. I think it was probably like one of the best years. And I think now that I'm 30, this is even better, you know, and everybody says that. I think it's because, as you said, is a amalgamation of all of these experiences that keep making you better and you keep going forward. And I think both of us are just going forward I don't feel like we're going backwards in any area of our life, even if I've moved back home, (laughs) you know? But it's like, I think one of the things I was thinking about is because I agree with you, there is all this societal pressure about what you should have achieved by this point. But it's like the most thing I've seen when people are kind of approaching like 29 or 30, most people just seem to really moan about it. Like, oh, I'm turning this, I'm turning that. And I'm just like, I think the reason I haven't felt that way is because I kind of realized early on that aging is very much a privilege. It's not a birthright. Mm. You are very lucky to turn 29, to turn 30. Yeah. So many people get cut down way before that. I mean, I saw so many people I admire, you know, die at 27, 28. And that's discounting all the other people that are not famous who I don't know who also yeah. were in this thing. So it's like, once you stop and recognize the fact that you got to turn like another year old, like it's a super massive privilege. You've got another year to like do interesting things or make some kind of an impact. You know yeah. what I mean? And I think if you're always growing and becoming better and moving forward, a birthday just becomes another day. It doesn't it doesn't even register in some cases. Like it just doesn't matter because it's like I'm not holding myself to the same standard as society because I think that standard is just way too low. Like that's true yeah it is it's just it's such a low bar it's such a low bar like why that's not what i'm holding myself to i'm holding myself higher than that so when i do get to those points it's like whatever like 
I'm doing fine. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's recognizing that. And I think not getting caught up in all the other bullshit. But I think that that requires a lot of self-awareness. It does. You know, it's and a you, product you, of many, many, many years of self-reflection. Exactly. Which is painful. It is. It's a very, and I think, yeah, I think I, I don't need more. I'm no, I can't explain it in more than it's painful. It and is it's easier painful. to shut it out than to actually sit there and, and... But the thing is, it's like as painful as it might be to reflect at it now, if you don't and you get 10 years down the line and you're still doing it's the worse. same shit, it's going to be so much worse. Right, but again, it's like, it's even just realizing that is, uh, is self-awareness. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I kind of always had the impression that everyone had that kind of awareness. No. No. I no, and it's but you can you see that on how people choose to live their lives, and you see that on the conversations that you have, and you you, it's almost becomes. I don't know, like, the more the more people I meet, the more I realize that no, and I think you you click with the people if you are someone that is self aware or that tries, you will click with people that are. You know, you mm. and you'll find it very difficult to click with people that are not. You just because that chit chat and small talk become very boring very fast. I think that's something I've noticed as well in terms of who. I think that's another reason I think my circle is like naturally filtered itself. Like, because whenever I hear people, like, I kind of I I really hate being around bad energy now mm. in the sense where if people are just being negative and complaining about stuff and not even a con constructive way. Like I see like self-reflection stuff like that can be a very difficult and seemingly negative process because you're digging deep into things that are difficult. But I see that as a very positive thing because growth is coming from that. What I mean by negative is when people just say dumb shit like, oh, I'm getting so old, you know, oh, my age is really catching up to me. It's like, dude, your age is not catching up to you. Your terrible habits and your bad lifestyle is catching up to you. You know what I mean? There are people making billion dollar companies at 30. Like, because or like your knees hurt is like, yeah, or, or you know what I mean? That's 60. a product of the fact that you don't take care of yourself. You don't yeah. think much of yourself. You have no self-esteem. Like that's what, that's what's happening. It's yeah. like you, where you are is, is a conscious choice. You've chosen to have a life that you're unhappy with. You know what I mean? When people talk like that, I just stop associating them with people like that because it's like, I just have no time for it. Like, I don't have time for you whining. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, you can have down days and stuff like that and reflect and be like, what am I going to do? But if you're constantly just whining about stuff and just being like, oh, I'm so but old, I can't do anything. That, so I think there's then becomes important to recognize the difference between people that are just whining just for the sake of whining and people that actually suffer from depression. You know, because like... Those are two very different things. I know though. that they are very different, but sometimes... But this is my problem. Like very often I used to think like, come on, just react, just react, just react. And some people just can't. But at the face of it, they might just be like, yeah. And they just might be complaining. Mm -hmm. But I think like now I've just become very aware of for some people, it's just harder than others. If that may, like, it's, if, if we're talking about depression as a specific case, because I have a I, bunch of friends. How can you that recognize are, it? Though? The thing is, I have a bunch of friends who are some severely depressed. Um, and it was always difficult for me to relate to them because I've never really experienced the kind of thing they have. Like I've had lows in my life, don't get me wrong, like really, really hard times. 
But I've never found myself in a situation where whatever I was going through has rendered me in a state where I'm inoperable and I can't do anything. I've always been able to take action and change things. Whereas I see some of my friends who have been rendered into a state where they just can't even get out of bed some days. But you see, like, so th- there, that's where I think, like, th- that's that type of depression. But I also think there's depression where you just see everything so negatively that it's difficult for you to take action because you just don't see the point. Like, you just, it's almost like, yeah, but this, yeah, but... And even that in itself, I think, is a form of depression. Like, just not being able to react and just being in a negative state all the time to the point where you just can't see the positive of, you know what, but it could be bloody amazing, you know? Does that make sense? It does. So, this is where, like, I really struggle with... Because I'm very much like you, and I think both of us have... And I think most people that we associate with have this way of like, you don't like this, dwell about it for a day or two, but do something about it by day three, right? Now yep. it's time to get up or figure something out, like think about it and change, do something. Some people just can't. And mm. I think it's like, a, and I know what you're saying is like, okay, it becomes difficult for you to associate yourself with them. And why should you if it brings you down? But then it's also, I think like for me, at least it's accepting that that's who they are and it might not be possible for them let me caveat that because it's not it's not like a blanket statement because i have friends who are very much like you described right yeah they struggle sometimes they struggle to do basic things so there's there's like a spectrum there are some that you know struggle to do basic things and take care of themselves and there are some who don't believe in themselves and are just negative all the time and then it's like you've got people in between right And I think a lot of that stuff is just, I mean, there's many reasons why anyone might end up in that state, depending on the severity. Like there are some cases where, you know, their brain chemistry is actually off and it's like, okay, understandable. Like your brain is actually different. But then you have some who constantly enforce their depression by just doing negative things all the time. It's like a spiral. And it's like, I even know some who actually... it's, it's almost like they enjoy being depressed. It's like mm. a conscious choice to stay in that hole. Because I have some friends, I like as, as deep as they may be depressed, they're always trying to get out of it. They're aware of it and they're trying to change it. It may be really difficult for them, but they're really trying. Yeah. But then you have some who just like, it's almost like depression becomes their identity. It's like, I don't, and their like, I don't have depression. It's just like, I am depressed you know it just it's just it becomes who they are and it becomes so attached to who they think they are it's like they can't get rid of it because it's like how can I get rid of a part of me you know what I mean they become it's just like this really really deep set victim mentality and I know that's not the case for everyone which is what I mentioned like for some people their brain is just different and that's fine but there are some who just constantly reinforce negative habits that keep them in the loop and maybe that's a product of the fact that they had a really rough childhood or something happened or you know something triggered them to be in this this state but then they just don't want to break out of it because breaking out of it is really really hard like you know, even just going to the gym once a week or going for a walk or just doing a small positive step, you know what I mean, to help break out of it and realize that there are positive things out there. They just don't want to do it, even though they know they're capable of doing it. You know what I mean? And I recognize that we're different and not everyone's the same. But there is a, a vast majority of people who are just sad because, you know, it's because they're unfulfilled and they're unhappy. You know what I mean? Because... I mean, 
there's like reports that we're in a depression like epidemic, like so many people claim to be depressed. And it's like, I really see a difference between clinical depression and people who are just generally really sad because their job's unfulfilling, they have a terrible diet, they don't look after their body, you know, so it's deteriorating their mind. They're constantly on social media comparing themselves to each other, constantly eating like loads of sugar and stuff like that. And it's like, of course you feel sad and depressed. Like, look at what you're doing to yourself. You know what I mean? It's like, if you change your habits to be healthier, you're not going to feel that way. If I did those things, I would be depressed. You know what I mean? Because yeah. it's depressing doing those things. Yeah. And it's like, it's a conscious choice. And I think, I don't even know if it's a, um, maybe it's a case of education that people need to be aware of this. But I think you know when you're doing things that are not good for you. Like your body is like, yo, this isn't good. Like, why are you doing this? Yeah. So it's like, you have a sense that you know it's wrong. But It's just, it's such a, it's such a difficult, such a, Sorry, such a, I'm trying because my nose is blocked. So I'm like, I don't want to breathe on it. But it's such a difficult conversation and topic because this is where it's... I feel we are in such a privileged and lucky position for our brain to be wired the way it is and to have somehow through the parents and our environment and our experiences and just to be who we are, right? Because that ability of like being able to see the positive, being able to have the will to change things, being able to like, I just, these are things that I just don't take for granted. Like mm-hmm. I actually think, uh, I'm grateful <laughs> for for having that, for being wired in this way. And it's, it's such a difficult topic because I know that a lot of people are like, what, but you could change it, you could change it. But even it's like dieting, or when you have an addiction, you know, it's like, it's difficult. It's, hard, yeah. it's very hard. And there are many things that are very hard. I mean, I know how hard I find it. I know what the right thing to do is. And yet I'm still eating that dairy milk chocolate bar that's downstairs, you know? So it's, I find it really, like, I find this such a difficult topic because I can empathize so much with the people that struggle. And I just don't know why or where that struggle is coming from that, stops them from being able to make that i think the key is to express to them that you don't have to be perfect right right but you don't have to go from being terrible to being perfect in one day like even just a small step if poorly executed is better than taking no step at all you see we we go back to and it's actually fascinating because when we listen back to this podcast there are going to be certain themes and jump that jump out that keep coming back in every single discussion that we have mm. and i think it's that um when we went before it's like you mentioned that we live in a society that's just comfortable and we're so comfortable that we just things are just we expect everything done immediately so i think even when you're trying to explain to someone you don't need to be perfect you don't need but we're just not used to putting yep. in the work anymore Like we're expected things just happen to us. We've got internet now. We've got movies on demand. We don't even need to go to the cinema anymore. We want this. It's there. We want that. It's there. We're just used to things happening, which is so detrimental to who people are because it stops us working for something that we actually want. People need purpose. People need purpose. But again, even asking yourself, what's my purpose? And when we met the other day, this was the underlying thing, right? Was what's my purpose? And even for us who are actively looking for it and working towards it, it's that question is crippling, right? Because it's ultimately, a really, really hard yeah. Question. And the reality is that 
your purpose will be different from mine and will be different from like making the world a better place yes but in what way is going to be very different so and literally it comes back it all goes back to that it's why am i here yeah. <laughs> that's a good way of ending yeah it's a pretty <laughs> big I one here? to leave them on yeah <laughs>